Thanks for checking out the Sports Kid Wrestling Podcast. If you want even more from us, get Vince Russo reviewing Monday Night Raw every single Monday night, Dutch Mantel covering AEW Rampage and SmackDown, and the biggest breaking news with you, the fans, talking about it five days a week with Top Story, all on this podcast feed. What is going on, everybody? Dr. Chris Featherstone here for yet another episode of Unscripted Listeners Tuesday nights. You know what that means? I have some of the biggest, the baddest, the best wrestlers of today and yesteryear, and tonight's no different. So I was watching a, uh, as, as I say this all the time, and I love documentaries, especially pro wrestling documentaries, and I'm a huge fan of the Dark Side series, Dark Side of the Ring. And, uh, Last week, I was watching uh, the uh, the Dark Side uh, episode, and I saw my my good friend Bill Apter on there, and uh, we were talking about that. We were talking about the Magom TA episode uh, with my friend and uh, drafted co-host Bill Apter of the show, and so I saw um, I was like I saw I saw some previews from the for the upcoming one which were the grams and i saw this guy on the previews brian blair i said oh man let me text him <laughs> let me let me send him a text i would love him for a couple of the show so this this has become kind of like the dark side of the ring post show uh edition uh, of of the series that uh has been going on for the past few weeks so I'm a huge fan of the Dark Side series, and I'm a huge fan of this guy too. WWE tag team legend B Brian Blair, and of course, and of course, my good friend Bill After. How are you? Today? My good friend Brian Blair and Dr. Chris. Wow. Brian Blair, just saw you recently at the Tommy Fierro show in New Jersey. That's sure great. Bill, I got a great picture with us, uh, with you, Leilani, um, and Wendy. And it was a great show. It was great yes. to see you. And I never realized, uh, Chris, I don't know if you know this, my dear friend, but Bill Apter is quite the singer. Well, thank I mean, you. Uh, I do. Yes. He, can, he can definitely carry a tune. I'm a, I'm a Barry Manilow guy. What does <laughs> that mean? Indeed, yeah, yes. You know, it may not be the stuff that rocks my boat, but I thought your voice was unbelievable. Well, I appreciate. I grew up on the crooners, Brian. That was my. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that is, brother. <laughs> well, uh, Andy Williams, Steve Lawrence, Frank, oh, Sinatra, okay. Okay. Tony Bennett, the, the easy listening. I know the guy. Rat Pack. I know the Rat Packs. Yes, well, Junior. You know. I only do Jerry. I don't do Dean. <laughs> yes, indeed. Good stuff, man. <clears throat> so, um, Brian, man, we're gonna uh, pick your brain a little bit before we get to the uh, live questions regarding the Graham family. Uh, episode of Dark Side of the Ring, really uh, unfortunate. And I, I was familiar with the story before watching it as far as both of the Grams and then Stephen, um, uh, Matt's, uh, Mike's son, Eddie's grandson, also taking his life as well. Uh, you, you, you got it really emotional during the episode, understandably so. What was just some emotions that you were going through while being asked a question and having to recall those moments of those really tragic deaths of the Grams. 
Well, the biggest things, Chris, that probably went through my mind was how much do I say? How much do I not say? I know Nicole's watching this. I love Nicole like a sister. Um, uh, she's just a wonderful, wonderful girl. You got to see her. Um, she, What you see is what she is. She's just a beautiful, humble young lady. And uh, I start thinking about, well, you know, do I want to say this? Uh, no. Uh, you know, maybe for uh, not in the public. So those were the hardest challenges, Chris, because I was around Eddie so much, just so much. I mean, he was like the combination of a second father, big brother figure. And uh, uh, and also he was the sensei. He was the greatest teacher between him and Buddy Colt and Jack Briscoe. I mean, how do you get better teachers? I mean, they were, and, and Dusty would teach you the flair. And I mean, God, the, the crew that we had in Florida were, were just mega stars, uh, people that I looked up to that were amazing. And Bill knows them, you know. From I was a, there for quite a, I was there yes. for so much of it. I really was. And they, that whole era of professional wrestling back then in that Florida territory and the, le the legitimacy that Gordon Soley as the broadcaster brought to that program where it was just undeniably a, a great sports based program. It was fabulous. Yeah. One of the stories that they didn't tell on there and I'm pretty sure I, I mentioned it. I mean, it was a very emotional day. Um, but um, Ravishing Rick Rude and I did an angle, and we popped that territory big time. I mean, big time. Every place. I, I was getting ready to go to Fort Myers, and I still feel bad about this to this day. Uh, and Mike wouldn't speak to me for two years and later we became business partners. Uh, so, um, you know, Mike had a wonderful heart and, uh, he was able to forgive and let bygones be bygones and understood my situation. But I was one of the guys that on Vince's radar and, uh, they were creating a tag team, uh, uh, scenario in the WWF at the time slash E WWE. And um, uh, Hogan called me. Um, I was going to come back. And uh, I had worked for Vince Sr. Vince wanted me to come back and work with for the Intercontinental title. And then Terry went there. And um, then he called me and mentioned the tag team division that they were creating and the excitement and asked me if I knew Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. And not really, only from the wrestling magazines. Um, and so anyway, um, you know, thank God for Bill Apter and George Napoliano. I was really into the wrestling magazine. So I only knew Brunzel, Chris, from those guys. Mm -hmm. And um, he, they put him in a beautiful light. So I thought, wow, he'd be a great partner. And um, we met. Well, anyway, before I went up there, um, <laughs> I was supposed to be in Fort Myers and I had a flat tire. I still could have been there in time for the show. I wasn't on till last. Well, I go to the payphone. We didn't have cell phones then. And we all had the numbers for every building. So I called the building. 
I said, can you please get um, Mr. Mike Graham to call this phone right here? And all the pay phones had the numbers on them. So I sit there and wait, wait, wait. But two, three minutes later, the phone rings. Um, Mike, hey, it's Brian. Hey, where are you at? I said, I'm on the side of the road. I got a flat tire. He goes, well, hurry up and get here. He said, there's more people outside than they can hold inside. And I said, oh, really? That's great. Okay, Mike. He goes, please, please, I'll come get you. I'll come get you. I said, no, Mike, I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. And I just, I, I never went the next day. I went to New York and um, that was it. I, it's something that was buried because that's not who Brian Blair is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Brian. By the way, I think think you're having a technical yeah. issue with your camera. Yeah, we can't. Oh, see you. oh really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Where, where is that? At? Okay, sorry about that. Can you hear me? I can hear you. There we go. Yep. You know, okay, one sorry. thing that was not brought up on this documentary, and I don't know if either of you know this, but Dr. Jerry Graham and the way they portrayed him, he was like that, but he was Vince McMahon Jr.'s hero. Vince loved him. Vince mm. used to ride with Jerry and Jerry's convertible all around New York and uh, Connecticut there. When you see Vince come out with that strut, that's dedicated to Dr. Jerry Graham. Did you know that? No. Yeah. No, I just thought Vince was that cocky. No. <laughs> that, was, that, that was Dr. Jerry Graham. And when his mom, when his mother died, he drove around with her in the trunk for several days. Mm. Yeah, wow. Mr. Weston, the publisher of the magazine uh, that wow. I worked for back then, was very close with him, and he told me that story. But Eddie was just, uh, I remember doing an interview with Dusty on the WWE Network on a pilot show, and I said, for the WWE fans that are out there who don't know who Eddie Graham is, he says, Eddie Graham was a visionary. He was an absolute genius he was the director he was the producer and it all came naturally to him mm. wow that's interesting yeah very interesting uh what was your um uh, you, you mentioned you talked about uh jerry graham and there, jerry graham was talked uh, a little bit uh, uh jim Cornette, i believe talked about the uh you know draping his his uh, deceased mother over his shoulder <laughs> from the gurney mm. what was your interactions with uh jerry graham uh Brian. Chris, I never knew Jerry, uh, only from, again, <laughs> from the wrestling magazines. Right. I mean, you know, that's, that's how we all communicated back then. We'd pick up uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated or, you know, there's a few yeah, Well, back then it was actually Wrestling Review when Mr. Wrestling Wayne Review uh, yeah. had the Graham there was, on the was three or four, Billy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, we'd pick up the magazines. That's why I call them magazines. There was a few choices. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Usually that we'd get the I'd want to read the one with the bloodiest cover. <laughs> but they they were, sold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They did. How'd you uh, How'd you form a relationship with with Eddie? Um, I, I came from a very tough, tough background. Um, most people would never understand it. I was born in Gary, Indiana. Uh, um, all my friends were black. Just about. Yeah, I've had a white friend, Billy Kempinski, a Polish guy. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up tough, very tough. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was young, 13. Uh, I've been working since I was 12. I have not stopped since I was 12 years old. And uh, I wouldn't stop. I'll never stop working. I mean, but anyway, 
I don't work because I have to. I work now because I desire to. And um, it's uh, it was it was like bred in me to be the best I could always be. I never wanted to be poor. Never, ever, ever did I ever want to be poor. I didn't want to be fighting every day of my life. Although I saw wrestling on television and Gordon Soley on WTOG channel 44. And I started watching and then Jack Briscoe oh. just really captivated me because he was a good guy. And I've always had that good guy heart. I mean, Superman was my hero, but uh, along with many others, but uh, uh, I mean, other people that had Superman as their hero, but um, uh, Jack Briscoe was like the Superman of wrestling. He was the Clark Kent, yeah. the Clark Kent, I should say. He was a nice guy. He could wrestle his fanny off. He was an NCAA champion. You, you just broke uh, Superman kayfabe by giving his... Uh... Uh, his identity um, oh, oh okay <laughs> sorry anyway bill uh, okay but um uh that captivated me and I, I i had to pay the price i mean i went into the dungeon uh with hero matsuda i met um buddy colt god bless buddy colt was a wonderful person he was in uh, my family my mom and my siblings we'd move from apartment to apartment to the apartment and um we wound up in an apartment where buddy colt was at and um and then um also i started excelling in high school sports middle school sports i won the first ever uh hillsborough county uh junior high school was what they called it then junior high school wrestling uh tournament uh, i beat a guy that was uh at that time gosh darn i don't know why that's happening uh anyway i beat a guy that was about six foot six i have no idea why that's happening uh and uh uh anyway uh uh he was probably 240 pounds oh, oh. 240 <laughs> pounds six foot six 240 pounds of of uh twisted steel and sex appeal and uh bill after stretched them in canada i did actually um Eddie Graham and Jack Briscoe, two names. Jack Briscoe was one of my heroes, but um, Eddie Graham, the night Dusty Rhodes was going to win the NWA World Championship, mm -hmm. I had been tipped off by several people, but I knew not to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I got to the arena, Eddie Graham says, what are you doing here? You live up in New York. I said, oh, my parents live in West Palm. And he looked at me and went, yeah. So the, the the second part of that is that Jack Briscoe, when he came to New York, I was just starting with the magazines on freelance basis. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Weston, my boss, the publisher, my mentor said, if you can get an interview with Jack Briscoe, mm -hmm. you got a full time job. Yeah. So I looked, I found Eddie Graham and he says, Stanley wanted that. You got it. And I did a story called Jack Briscoe tells it like it is. And that was it. Very yeah. Nice. Very nice. Very nice story uh, as an interlude. And only only the way Bill after can do it. Well, thank you. I appreciate We missed you, Brian. Yes, I was talking to myself. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know. By the way, during, during the days when Vince McMahon was uh, expanding, uh, Eddie Graham uh, I asked him one time, I said, you know, Vince is taking over all the territories. And he looked me straight in the eye at Madison Square Garden. I never forgot this. And he said, 
he's not going to do it to me. Mm. Yeah. Wow. What happened? Yeah. Uh, along those lines, along those lines, Brian, uh, on the dark side episode, they were talking about how, you know, unfortunately, you know, uh, Eddie passing a well committing suicide at, at 55. Nicole discussed how, you know, she asked, you know, her dad, her grandfather, um, what does he want for birth birthday? You know, what is he thankful for for his birthday? He said 55, 55 years. And she said, you know, come to find out. You know, retrospectively, um, it was you know, he committed suicide, you know, after at the age of 55. Yeah. And so Mike was forced to take over the territory. Mm-hmm. Now, working at that time, was Eddie grooming Mike to take that mantle or did Mike? I mean, Mike was he basically was heir apparent just by default at being the Graham legacy was. Do you think he was prepared uh, from an executive point for that, or, or did, did he feel pressured heavily? No, I think he was thrown into it. I, I don't ever think that he thought for a minute that his his father was going to uh, take his own life. Yeah. Um, when he was at the the football game, you know, Mike liked to go do his own thing. He like he he never wanted to be the main event guy, you know, he was more happy. He wanted to make money and have a good time. I mean, that was Mike. You have a good time, uh, make money. Uh, he loved wrestling though. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and he was, a, he was, he had a, a bright mind, a very bright mind in the business. He got a lot from his dad. Was he, did he have the mind of his father? No. Did he have the connections of his father? No. And, and very few siblings do our sons, children, uh, you know, it's just somebody makes it and then, you know, somebody else is trying to get there. But uh, Mike, Mike did a great job, uh, you know, knowing that that got thrown on his lap, knowing that the territory was down at the time. Uh, he worked hard. He, he, he scrapped hard and, um, you know, did the very best that he could, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had a great team around him, too, of all the, you know, yes, and you yeah. could always tell in the, you know, in the days of bookers, when we had bookers, uh, what, what's called a booker, they would uh, put, you know, the matches together and help Mike, whether it was J.J. Um, uh, Dillon or Skandor Akbar or, um, you know, whoever it was, wherever, they would always put themselves in the main event or right there, not always, but right up in the payday money. Yeah. And, and all the other guys that were busting their butt had to deal with that. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I'll never forget one day I told Mike about that. Mm. And uh, I said, Mike, I don't like that. I said, it actually it pees me off. And one of them was with Wahoo McDaniel. Uh, and Wahoo put himself on top and I drew the house. And Wahoo was a draw, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, uh, well, I did an angle with Jimmy Garvin. Uh, I was a heavyweight champion, uh, and uh, we uh, we went to Miami, and Wahoo put himself as the main event in the Florida, uh, defending the Florida title, uh, you know, as the semi-main event, and it, it just got to me. And um, I was a good enough friend with Mike that I could open up and tell him what I thought about it, mm-hmm. whereas... Eddie, maybe I respected too much, you know, where I would have, 
I would have thought, well, Eddie, if there was anything wrong with that, would have put a kibosh to it. But mm -hmm. with Mike, Bill, you understand what I'm saying? Totally, totally. Thank you. And he was the boss man. He was the uh, the executive that you you know how far you could go without um, feeling like did I cross the line? Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But we had enough friendship where I had a, a solid friendship with Mike, where Eddie was more like you know like I was saying like a, a father, a, 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 an older brother that you know you're way far apart and uh, or just you know, your boss, somebody that you, like Bill said, like you just totally respect. Hmm. Did Vince McMahon echo, like, did he, did he have that similar, you know, type of uh, manager style as, as Eddie did? Mm, Vince was a little different. See, when I went in to uh, WWF, I believe it was then Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. When I first went in for Vince senior, right. Vince, just announcer he was an announcer mm -hmm. and uh he wasn't the boss vince mm -hmm. senior was the boss right and uh he was a wonderful man easy to talk to made everybody feel relaxed classy 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 man and i watched vince kind of I, I remember when senior was sick uh, i remember seeing vince pushing him in the wheelchair you know and uh talking about uh, different things. Um, then when I, I came back, I was always with uh, Hulkster. You know, Terry's one of my best friends to this day. And um, so I'd always, since Terry was the biggest star in WWF, um, I would always be with Vince, whether it was the Learjets, the limousines. We were, you know, I was by Terry's side. And um, Terry knew that I had his back all the time and um he didn't have to worry and um vince accepted me like that but and he watched me even and he was really happy that i was back but you know obviously um uh he i didn't look at him the same as eddie graham although i always looked at vince with respect and that he was the boss always what one of the graham things about the graham legacy with the grahams that weren't really part of the Graham family. And I still, to this day, don't know whatever happened to crazy Luke Graham. He was such a big star up in the New York area. And once he left, that was it. No one ever heard from him again. Was there any kind of relationship with him and uh, Dr. Jerry or? or I, well, he was just part of the lineage of the Graham family okay. back then. But mm -hmm. uh, I have no idea if anybody knows what happened to him, please let us know. Interesting. All right, so let's uh, dive into these questions for the next five minutes. Uh, let's do a, a five-minute lightning round of questions. Uh, if you want to, if you want your question on the screen, uh, do a super chat. Otherwise, I'll just throw some questions out uh, to Brian. We'll start off by: uh, Can I have a? <laughs> can I have the B. Brian Blair UWF cookie? Yeah, there you go. Some Herb Abrams. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! What a name to bring up at this point. Yeah, uh, Who also yeah. had a dark side episode <laughs> about him. So. <laughs> I'm gonna you make know, you a champion. You're gonna be a champ, Brian. Electricity, yes, indeed. You know, I've got things from Cracker Jack's box, Cracker Jack's boxes, and from all kinds of things. But unfortunately, it's too hard to keep the cookies and the uh, ice cream for too many years yes indeed yes indeed 
Um, let's see here. We have uh, – who do you have on your Mount Rushmore of tag teams with two teams from the Golden Era and two teams from the Attitude Era? Oh, I've never really thought about that. There'd be, uh, it's a gr- that's a great question. And honestly, I, after just watching Dark Side of the Ring and being on, on the show right now, I don't feel like opening up my mind to think of that question because it's just that good. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you have any good cheeky baby stories in honor of the... Probably too many. Uh, <laughs> God bless Cosmo. Did you and I Sheik? Pardon me? Can you do an Iron Sheik imitation? Uh, no, not right now. I don't know. I, I use, I do them all the time, but I just, I don't know. I'm kind of, honestly, guys, you know, I'm still a little emotional about watching that show. You know, it just yeah. kind of really is tugging at me right now. And I'm, yeah. the whole Graham family were such good friends of mine. It's just yeah. hard to believe. You know, I watch that and it's, we filmed that a year ago. Oh, it's been that long? A year yes. ago? Oh, wow. Yeah, interesting. So, so on on those lines, Brian, just let's just do a segue before I get into any questions, man. Just just have the floor to share with people who are contemplating suicide. You know, be you know, just share any type of thoughts that you have to someone who's watching this now who may have some suicide ideation or just be very desperate or depressed or very um, into a really low state, you know, what, what can you tell that person watching this right now? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, Chris, because, uh, you know, if you're that far down, uh, if you're listening to this show, I mean, the only place to go is up. Um, And whether you know that, whether you know this or not, there's a lot of people that love you. I mean, there's more people that love you that never met you. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the kind of person I truly, truly love people. I don't care what their political persuasion is. I don't care what sex, what you like. I don't care. I love people and I always want to look at somebody and I want to see good in that person. And right now we have too much evil in this world. And, and we have to start looking at the good in people. We can't be identifying people according to what they like, do, say. We, we just have to start getting along. And um, people that are, are down, it's like Nicole said, um, uh, you know, we have, uh, and I live in Hillsborough County, and uh, we have uh, a couple different places you can call. And I know wherever you're at, um, there are places that you can call and you can you can get some help um mm-hmm. i mean call me gosh darn i mean I, I i just i mean there's churches there's synagogues there's 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 places that you can go to and and get the answers that you're looking for obviously you're looking for some answers because you feel down you feel hopeless you feel like i lost all my money mm-hmm. my wife left me my dog got hit by a car everything's gone wrong in my life what do i have to live for well you know what you have a lot to live for because you have no idea who you can help Mm -hmm. when you help people you help yourself i have learned that since i was a little boy the more you help others the more you help yourself you don't get an instant reward there's not a big plate of money standing there but it's something 
that's unexplainable. It's inside of you. And, you know, God knows I love him. And someday I feel like I'm going to answer to a higher calling. And I know when I do that, I, I have, I've had plenty of sins. I've done some things that I'm not really proud of in my life, but I've never hurt anybody intentionally other than fights and stuff. But I mean, I've never tried to, you know, fighting back and protecting myself. I've never gone out and tried to be a, a bad guy. I mean, I've always tried to be the good guy. I mean, there's, there's hope. There's always hope. There's always a bright side. It's like the guy that said, man, these shoes are so tight. I can't stand them. I, I don't like the way they look. They hurt my feet. But he looked over and saw a guy with no feet. Mm. And then he realized at least he had feet. He had something mm. underneath him to cushion him from the stones and the, and the thistles. So uh, anyway, there's always hope. There's always something positive. And, there, and, and there's always a number where whatever community you are in, there's always a phone number, a suicide hotline, uh, a helpline in, in every community, uh, you know, just about every community, there yep. is a, a helpline. And I, I would say, please do that. Don't end your life because you have no idea of the people that you hurt. Yeah, yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah. And my day job is talking people off of suicidal cliffs as a therapist. So I, I totally I'm with you there. You're speaking my language right now when it comes to that, Brian. And I, and I appreciate you sharing that. So that's very important to know, especially for men, uh, because in, in, you know, especially Eddie Graham's days, you know, it, it was it was very taboo for a man to share his feelings. You know, what I mean, like, I, I'm not doing well, especially especially in the world of professional wrestling. You know, what I mean, like, ooh, I'm weak, you know, I'm breaking kayfabe by saying I'm not feeling well or I'm sad, you know what I mean? That's breaking kayfabe. Uh, but, you know, we, we don't have, forget kayfabe, you know, when it comes to uh, situations that is life altering and life threatening when it comes to mental health, you know, that's that surpasses yeah, You know, it. I'll say something right now, guys. I mean, my son was murdered two years ago. Yeah. The day he was murdered, the night he was murdered is the same well, the day after I got osteomyelitis in my spine, mm -hmm. I've been crippled for two years. I'm going in for surgery on June 27th for a major, major two-day surgery on both June 27th and June 29th. Mm -hmm. And uh, sorry about that. And uh, um, my dad, I mean, there's been a lot more challenges in my life the last two years than I ever thought that I would have to face. More mm -hmm. challenges. But every day I wake up and I'm grateful. I'm grateful because there's always an opportunity for good things to happen. And you're a great model for everything you're talking about now, that the positive lifestyle and knowing that there are people that depend on you and believe in your words that you need to be here for. Yeah, thank you, Bill. And, and it's been important, you know, um, Nicole mentioned the crisis center when I was a county commissioner, I made sure that the crisis center was well funded, you know, and um, uh, mm -hmm. there's, uh, there's, there's always things that that you can do that uh, to help other people and nothing makes me happier than when I see somebody with a smile on their face, especially if they've been down, you know, and 
it's yeah i i put on a smile no matter how much i'm hurting i'm hurting right now my back hurts but i'm smiling because i'm happy to be with you chris and i'm happy to be with you bill and you know, you know god may take me tomorrow i um, you know, i might have a heart attack or something but when i go I'm, i know that I'm, I'm 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 okay you know i'm okay and uh it's uh you know life's life's challenging sometimes but that's you know nobody ever promised anybody a bed of roses and um uh, there's a lot of good times ahead. Always think that and always believe that there's good times ahead. And yeah. what you define as a good time, maybe a, you know, a, a simple, a good meal and a great conversation, whatever. There's some fun times for you ahead. I know mm -hmm. I truly believe that every day. You know, we never asked you one question. Did you ever wrestle Eddie Graham? Eddie Graham has been my tag team partner several times but not against, not against Eddie. And he didn't come in the ring when I, I started to tell you guys the story, how they stretched me and brutalized me just like they do everybody in the dungeon that breaks in, in Florida. And, uh, you know, I became like the enforcer, like <clears throat> Bob Roop once was and breaking bones and stuff was something that, you know, they expected of you. And I just did not, did not like to do any of that stuff. Although, you know, that's one of the things I feel, I feel kind of bad for hurting some of those people. Today, they I, I, never heard them, I never heard them where they couldn't go to their job within a few days. Yeah, but you couldn't do that today. It'd be yeah. over the internet. It'd be nine. No, of course not. Of course not. But, you know, <laughs> these people would have to make, they'd have to make me mad. Like, for example, one guy hawkered my face, uh, you know, guys, you know, just call me names bad names and things like that and it would then it would get my my dander up a little bit just to go in there and and say well this guy thinks he's uh, eddie graham brings a guy down hey this guy thinks he can beat up any wrestler and uh especially he wants to beat up dusty he wants a match with dusty Rhodes. and i told him well there's a kid named brian blair you gotta go he can't even wrestle yet he's not he's too green he's not good enough wrestler but if you beat him we'll give you a match with dusty Rhodes." So they put the kid in there and, you know, it's, oh man, you know, why, why, why? But uh, you have to, you, it was your job. It was your yeah. livelihood, like Kevin Sullivan said. Didn't want to do it. But. Well, Brian, we're going to end there. Uh, I want people to uh, let you, I want you to let people know as far as just where can they find you. Are you still cauliflower alley clubbing it right now still uh, the, yes i'm very excited we have our 57th reunion august 28th through the 30th in uh nice. at the plaza hotel uh and casino in las vegas and um golly we got we have some great stars including cm punk and uh yeah. ron simmons uh nasty boys damien from lucha libra all all kinds of uh mickey james i mean it, the list goes on and on and um, tickets are only 150 dollars for the whole event which includes a couple great dinners cheap rooms uh inexpensive to go to and i a whole lot of fun it'll be sold out i hope uh, all you got to do is go to cauliflowerallyclub.org and um of course i have a book i don't have a copy of it now but uh truth be told um, matter of fact i i sold more copies of those than i ever dreamed about selling terrific book i read it terrific thank you very much bill thank you very very much and you see it right there cauliflower alley club.org 
go there and uh, go check out the convention and all things Cauliflower Alley Club with my my buddy Brian, President Brian yes. Blair of the Cauliflower Alley Club, man. And uh, it's great to have you on the show again, man. By the way, what does the B stand for? B Brian Blair. B well, <laughs> it's because uh, my my siblings all called me B. Uh, my mom called me Bieber, and I didn't want nobody, anybody to call me Bieber. Uh, so um, anyway, so Vince McMahon Sr. heard the guys call me B, Bieber. He called, He said, uh, Vince McMahon Sr. says, what's that B stand for? B. Brian Blair. And I said, uh, well, um, I, sir, I, I, it's my nickname, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, you know, I got a phone book here and I was just looking. I don't see one B Brian Blair in here. There's a couple Brian Blairs. There's a lot of Brian Blairs, but I'm <laughs> you're gonna be B Brian Blair. So that's great. Okay. Yeah. That's per perfect uh perfect tie-in for the killer bees. So it, it yes. worked. Yes. So. yes, ladies and gentlemen, we got B Brian Blair on the screen. We got Bill after we got a couple bees. We got Brian and Bill. That's and you right. know, just just me, the C guy. Well, that comes right after B. <laughs> indeed, <laughs> indeed, <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> Brian Blair, Bill After, Doctor Chris. This is unscripted. Have a good night, everybody. So long. Oh, bye, thank.